on this week's episode of Whole Concush. The Pelicans have lost the lottery, but they still won the bet. The Pelicans, we get into their draft, plus the Saints. Drew Brees coming back? Probably not. Jarvis Landry is in the building, though. And, of course, are we going to get more mask mandates? Are we going to be getting grenade launchers in our car? Anything could happen. You're going to want to listen right here. Come everyone to Poke and Cush. It is Thursday, May 19th, 2022, and it is hot as hell out here. It in the big easy. Uh, I am Scott Kushner alongside my trusty friend and sidekick, Mr. Andrew Polk. How do you do, sir? Uh, I'm good. It's hot. It is hot. It was hot. Uh, the, the air in the Bud Light Lime studio has been on all day. Yes. Because last night I got home and my freezer had died. Oh, that's good timing. And uh, I opened it up, you know, to get some late night ice or whatever. <laughs> you know how it goes. And you know then, how it is, late night ice. Just the smell of a corpse came wafting oh. out. So I've got the air on at the studio running. I was doing my 2 a.m. bleaching. <laughs> it's like a Dexter. It was like a Dexter episode. Yeah, the, you have gloves. You had all the stuff already. Oh, yeah. The meat juice is coming out of there. <laughs> I got heads batting them around like a cat. How much did you have to throw away? I threw away everything. I was taking yeah. no chances. How much was there a lot in there? There was a lot in there. Uh, mostly uh, uh, lean cuisines for one. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a real uplifting meal. That's a Tom Waits song in a box. No, it was a lot of uh, <laughs> it's a lot of like elk. You know, me and uh, Joe, uh, we like to go out. Rogan, of course, we go out and we hunt the elk and the deer. They're different. I found out. A, a lean meats is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever, a lot of muscles. Whenever uh, meat is not a uh, chicken or beef, you just always go, ooh, it's gamey. Wow. I don't know what that means, but I, <laughs> you say it when you're eating elk and bison. You know, I threw out all my ostrich meat. Oh, it's tough. Uh, so back to Lunchables for me. <laughs> one time I went to Giacomo's for a bachelor party, and one of the other, like, not the bachelor, but one of his other friends from home got venison. And the waitress comes over and is like, how's everything? And everyone's like, ah, it's great, whatever. And he literally goes, this sucks. He goes, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's venison. He's like, he's like, it's terrible. He's like, well, I guess venison's an acquired taste, but you ordered it. Did he not know what it was? And he was like, ah. (laughs) And he just kept drinking. And she walked away. I was like, just say, just say nothing, really. You're not going to get like another meal. No. (laughs) <laughs> not not in this city. No. Like, I was like, I have a feeling you didn't know what it tasted like. You're just, you just gonna get it. you're gonna get pee in your next cocktail. That's <laughs> exactly. all that's She's com- like, what do you want me to do about it? She's like, nothing. Like, okay. Complaining in this city is 
it's dangerous. I, you're never going to believe this, received poor to middling service at McDonald's on Canal Street. Oh, wait, no. And then it was, I was so <laughs> incensed, I emailed them. No, you didn't. I swear to God. And there was, well, you know, it's like McDonald's at McDonald's.com. It's easy enough. Ronald, this is Andrew. (laughs) It was a form, and there was a checkbox at the bottom of the form, and it said, check here if you do not want to be contacted by local management. I was like, of course I do not. Yes. So I checked it. Next day, this bitch was on a Mardi Gras float. (laughs) Called me up. Fear. She's mad at me. Oh, that's great. It was very New Orleans. Like, and she's like, she's like saying my name in a threatening way. I'm like, she's this. She's going to kill me because I pointed out that there was an illegal activity happening at this McDonald's. I can think of 16 illegal activities that I've seen at the McDonald's in the city. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a constant. The upstairs at the St. Charles McDonald's, I think it might be uh, like just a racketeering haven. Yeah, that's an escape room. That place, I don't even know if they keep it open anymore. I don't think they do. But that upstairs at the St. Charles McDonald's, really, uh, what a great spot. One of the underrated spots of New Orleans. I think that McDonald's is only uh, patroned by the people living in front of it. Except for Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, yes. I went in there once, and the guy in front of me ordered 200 cheeseburgers. <laughs> I was like, can I go in front? Yes, I would like, <laughs> you just throw two of the, the first two, give them to me. <laughs> that guy had to be friends with you. He was, <laughs> he was 100% going to an event that you were at. <laughs> You're friends with the Hamburglar. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh, what a bold move, man. I'd like two. I'm not going to call ahead. I'm just going to stand here while you make 200 cheeseburgers. It was early, too. It was like, I think it was (laughs) breakfast hours. So then he had to get 200 McMuffins, which is even (laughs) more dire straits. Yeah, that's like a, there's more toppings on the McMuffin, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. What a scene. What have you been up to this week? Oh, dude, I don't even know anymore. I got into a pool for the first time uh, in a while, so that was good. It's officially pool season. I'm back in. Nice thing to do with the kids. We've got the kiddie pools going. We've got the parents pool going. Everybody's all we're doing for the next four months. Uh, every hour that we have that's not taken by school, we're going to be in some type of water. You have a two pool household? No, I have a kiddie pool in my house. Okay. And then I have family that has uh, a pool pool. So you got to deal with your family. Yeah. Which, you know, as it's fun. Uh, but yeah, it, dude, it's just like, you can't do anything else. Like the idea of like going and walk, I got, sometimes we'll play in the front yard. I'm like, this is brutal. Yeah, oh yeah. This isn't fun at all. I'm sweating through shirts at this point. The neighbors, it's May. neighbors don't want to see that. No, They're going to get the wants. HOA call. <laughs> My bald spot just beating in the sun. You put sunscreen on <laughs> I, it? I, I've reached. That's how bald I am now is that I am sunscreening the top of my head i'll do sunscreen on on the spot every now and then really tough it's a tough time it's it's a real a terrible thing to wake up to it's a door that can't be closed (laughs) i mean you could there are ways to not be bald if that were true jeff bezos the (laughs) richest man in the world would 
have a head full of curly locks. There's many PEDs. There's surgeries. People do these these things. I have decided to just be ugly. Yeah. And in the ugly community, we are missing the mask mandates. I know that's something that's on the table right now. And I'm all for it as a member of the ugly community. You're not ugly. You're attractive. <laughs> Can I wear it on top of my head, please? Yeah, I think so. There was just a, when I first noticed I was losing my hair, I was just like wearing a, you know, a top hat every day. I'm like, no, this is my I always shower with a hat on. I've progressed past it. Now Good. I have the Polk and Kush hat. There you go. Exactly. The Polk and Kush hat, clearly the status symbol of a generation. Uh, yeah. So you went to a concert last night? Yeah, I went to see Danzig and Cradle of Filth. I don't know what either of those things are. Danzig is the lead singer for the Misfits. Okay. Are you familiar with T-shirts? I, I was going to say, that's the, literally the only thing I know about the Misfits, is there's a lot of Misfits t-shirts. Misfits are one of my favorite bands, and uh, Danzig was the lead singer. It is a song called Mother, which you've probably heard. Uh, it's on like classic rock radio. You're not going to sing it for me? No, I'm okay. not going to venture down that road. <laughs> Uh, it was fun. Cradle of Filth. Uh, the lead singer's name is Johnny Filth. That's or something like given that. name. Yeah, Christian name. Stephen Corpse Man, <laughs> and he uh, he wears the. They call it corpse makeup. Uh, they wear the white face paint. Oh, that's he was, weird. You know, dressed with spikes. And, and they were the opener. They were one of. They were. It was a fucking gauntlet. It was a who's who of. Uh, somewhat famous metal bands. I was at the blackjack table for probably the first band and a half. Okay, it was. It, it was Fillmore? at the Fillmore. Yeah. How is the Fillmore? I haven't it been there. It is great. I yeah. loved it. Okay. Cool. Uh, bars all over the place. It was super easy to get a beverage. It sounded great. Yeah. Everybody there was cool. Everybody there was a hundred years old. So. <laughs> Everybody there was a hundred years old or dressed up like a steampunk. <laughs> So there was no like violence. There was no chicanery. <laughs> Nobody was. There's no kids. Yeah. yeah, no kids. Nobody was drunk. Like some some guy hit like his asthma inhaler a couple times. Got a little loopy. That was it. Uh, if there are any Danzig fans out there in the Polk and Kush community, yes, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners. <laughs> a lot of our listeners that. probably like Cradle of Filth. It's a great band name. He, do, he does like a monster voice too, which is funny because <laughs> none of this sounds real. <laughs> I bet you could be making all of this up. There are probably some Polk and Kush. They, they've been around for twenty four years. I listened to them in high school. Yeah, uh, but they kind of sound like a serious version of Dracula the Musical <laughs> from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> I like Die. that. This is a compliment. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Die, dude. That is a uh, that is an interesting way to describe anything. I was the only person there not in a cape. <laughs> uh, I haven't been to Harris in a long time. That's a ugly scene in there. Caesars. Oh, it's Caesar. Is it not called Harris anymore? Well, all the sports books say Caesars. Yeah, that's true. Is the sports book open there? The real one? Uh, it's still the machines. It's still, okay. There's like, you know, a cardboard cutout at the table. Yeah. The big sports book bar had all the screens on, but there was no one at it. And then there was like a crappy bar with that was like in the front of sports book that had video poker like screens. And at people it. liked that. 
Kind of. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't understand anymore. I've been betting on so many baseball games at this point, I can't even keep up. Yeah. It's I, really the best. I, I haven't been following baseball very much this season, but that hasn't stopped me from gambling on it. <laughs> Not watching the games, but it is easy to bet on them while they're going on. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll just turn on and the MLB package, and then I'll just bet on individual batters strikeouts that's fun at like plus 500 and i'm like this is if you were to ask somebody what makes someone a degenerate gambler i think what i'm doing thankfully the amounts are not very high but i think what i'm doing is a hundred like i'm only gambling to try to make things somewhat interesting that's that's a good measure of degenerate gambler another one is if you've seen louisiana tech play in a bowl game and you're not from (laughs) ruston That is true. Yeah. Like, I had, I had friends in California were like, what the f- what, what is Skip doing? I'm like, why are you watching? This, this is 2 p.m. <laughs> Our buddy, uh, friend of the show, Coach Sless uh, from UNO, they occasionally have to play, like, early tournament games. So they'll have, like, a 11 a.m. tip-off during the week. So, like, the only college basketball game in the country that's going on. And he's like, and if we ever lose or we don't cover, he's like, our Twitter and Instagram page is just filled with the most hateful, vile <laughs> shit you've ever heard from people who lost money gambling on us, calling our players retards and stuff. He's like, he's like, it's just brutal. He's like, because we lost, because all we have is just the absolute scum of the earth gambling on a oh, UNO yeah. basketball game at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday uh, in the middle of November. And he's like, it happens every time we play in like a tournament that no one's watching, except for apparently everyone who's gambling. Yeah, a lot of people at racetracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like some guys trying to catch up. Um, so, I mean, there's really no segue into that. I guess gambling, gambling is uh, very much like a lottery. A lottery is what the Pelicans participated in, and just like me, the Pelicans lost the lottery. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll pick number eight, uh, which is where they were slotted uh, when they come in uh, in the upcoming draft. That is the Lakers pick. Uh, can't get really upset about it. I mean, you know, it's a lottery. Some people were doing pre-coverage of the lottery and predicting where they'd go, which I thought was maybe the dumbest use of brain cells ever. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I think they're going to go second. It's like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was nice like, to read uh, staff picks for Lotto Balls. <laughs> like, what do you guys... Let's just do it with bingo. Yeah, what what exactly. letter do you think is yeah. going to come up? B19? Let's let's get the squad on this. These websites have to post something. They do. We have to talk about something. I know. The heads or tails. Uh, I mean, tr- truly, there is no more meatball coverage in the world than the pre-coverage of the NBA lottery. Yeah. It means nothing. And, like, they're going to just tell you the results. So what do you have to preview? That was uh, – I was uh, gambling uh, during the lottery. Okay. Which I think is exactly what you're supposed to do. A hundred percent. During the lottery. Yes. I looked down at my phone. You know, I'm, like, texting my family, like, hey, I need $1,300. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. And then I I start getting texts popping up that are like, what the fuck? I thought it was going to be fourth. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know. It's like, no, I read a preview that said we get second. I was like, all right, man. Uh, I thought Jose was going to run up from behind and <laughs> steal the little ball out of the suction thing. Uh, so the 
the to start with, complete uh, good fortune, luck, whatever you call it, uh, that the Lakers were bad enough that the Pelicans not only acquired the pick as part of the Anthony Davis trade, they traded it uh, in the offseason as part of, I think, the Steven Adams deal, but they left a top 10 protection on it that no one thought was going to actually convey. Uh, it turns out the Lakers had a horrific season. The Pelicans helped uh, to get to that horrific season. They finished with the eighth worst record in the NBA. The Pelicans, even David Griffin admitted right after the season, he's like, we kind of never thought we were getting this pick. He's mm -hmm. like, it's such a bonus to have not only made the playoffs, but then also get a lottery pick. That is such a rare thing. For it to be as high as number eight is even rarer. Uh, so... The Pelicans are in a great position. They've already got a roster they really like. I think 14 guys are under roster for next year, but they now have this number eight pick. Do you think they keep it? Do you think they trade it? I'm not going to ask for your opinion on prospects. Neither of us know what the fuck we're talking about. Dang, I, I wrote down some guy's name on my hand <laughs> that's good at three-pointers. It's like Martarkas or something. It's I probably that. It's probably Martarkas. <laughs> I mean, out of all these guys, I'm just like, don't get Chet Holmgren, please. <laughs> he, Fucking Slenderman. He looks like Sean Bradley. Oh, yeah. He's, his elbows. He's got those Sean Bradley elbows yeah. that freak me out. It's like somebody put a tennis ball in a tube sock. <laughs> you can't. The elbows, like it's like a dog's paws. You see that, and it's like, oh, you're going to be big one day. But this guy's not going to be big. I, I mean, he's great. Uh, I watched some of those Gonzaga games. Like, so for those who don't pay that much attention to the draft, there's basically four consensus top four guys normally, uh, and, and particularly this year, like there is a very clear leveling off after the top four, which is Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, uh, Paulo Banquero, and I'm missing somebody. Mark Anadis. <laughs> This guy, his name was on a website, and, and, I swear to God. Is it Benedict Matherin? Is that who you're thinking uh, of? I don't know. Okay. And Jabari Smith is the other one in the top four. So those guys are kind of the clear-cut best players in the draft. They're the most sure prospects, whatever. After that, it seems to be really opaque. There's kind of names thrown all over the place. I've seen the Pelicans mocked with like four or five different guys at this point. Uh, I, I don't know. They don't really have a, a glaring need, as in like someone they need to get to play 20 minutes this year, come off the bench and like contribute right away. I think someone could. I'm not saying they're so deep mm -hmm. that you couldn't get someone there, but it almost feels like this is a better move for them to kind of trade to get a future asset down the line that they can go get a player, go get a veteran, because uh, I don't think they can incorporate a rookie right now. But you know what? They incorporated three last year, so what the hell do I know? Yeah, well, I mean, the incorporation of those three rookies was not an immediate thing, you know. Yeah, it, it, nor it, intentional. Yeah, it, it developed with uh, Devontae Graham slowing down yeah. and injury opportunities allowing those rookies to step in. Uh, that's obviously something you can't plan for, so the smart move for the Pelicans would be to collect future assets. Yeah. Um, this is a team that has a lot of picks currently mm -hmm. um and they had very good luck with the last draft this is people say for the last 10 drafts are like this is a very shallow draft <laughs> it's just because no one watches college basketball anymore yes. they're all shallow when you don't know who the hell anybody is yeah that, 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 they're all shallow in that 
a, there are a couple of players who are a lot better than everybody else. Yeah, this this sure it's a shallow right? draft. Yeah, it's like there's a leveling off. I'm sure there are a bunch of no name guys that are going to be in the G League that will be heads and shoulders better than anybody coming out of this draft. Yes, it makes sense for the Pelicans to push it down the line a little bit. The team has a fine foundation currently. If you're looking at needs for the team, three-point shooting, I think, jumps out the most. Yep. Uh, Position-wise, I, I, I don't see a glaring need at any position for the Pelicans. I feel um, like they could use a point guard, like a real point guard. Mm-hmm. I do think that's lacking to a degree. I understand that you know that's not a position that is often used in the NBA anymore. You have to have like a typical ball handler like obviously Zion Williamson's going to do that a lot clearly Brandon Ingram did a lot and CJ McCollum did a lot like you have enough guys kind of in that mix uh, that could do it but I do think having like a a real good distributor they don't have like a great passer on this team uh, as it currently stands and I think that would be helpful but it doesn't sound like there's any of those guys kind of that would go number eight Uh, and so I could see trading down I could see going back uh it just kind of a weird i don't know just sort of a weird position to be in but i think they're better off having more assets as you get closer to the trade deadline where you could watch zion play 40 50 games with this group and then you have an idea of what exactly it is that you need and you can go get it uh as compared to now where you're still kind of just guessing as to what this team is supposed to look like they kind of just came together there was no i mean i don't think that was planned the way that team was put together last year that happened on the fly this is a very different thing like if you're going to draft a guy i think you want to know where he fits in and this is a, a definitely a more complicated situation yeah and this team before the pieces fell where they're currently at we were talking about uh point zion this team being set yeah. up for point zion so i think it would be uh i think it would be a good opportunity for this team to see where that leads them and Definitely. they have a little buffer room. You know, the, the fans are satisfied. The players are uh, infinitely more satisfied than they were the previous couple of seasons. Yes. So there, there, there's not a dire need to light this pick on fire. No. And pick up a, a great point guard, which coming out of college, like point guard does not seem to be a great college position anymore. It's yeah. so shooting focused. I mean, who is the last? great point guard out of out of college ben simmons yeah I mean, yeah you know? the guy like didn't wasn't a scoring first type of guard yeah, yeah. i mean it, it's all scoring in in college now and in the nba it's just there aren't you're not going to see another chris paul you're not going to see another john stockton you're not going to see another gary payton you're going to see more of these guys that are like six eight six nine six ten like ben yeah. simmons that are more defensively focused i mean ben simmons isn't a great passer he can be, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're, no, you're, that point is very valid. There's not a lot of like lead on the ball distributing point guards. It does feel like they could use that from time to time, and I guess Kyra Lewis is technically that guy if he's ever able to play again, mm-hmm. you know, or, or if they don't trade him or whatever it might be. I just feel like this team is going to make their best move at the trade deadline. Like if they're whenever they're going to really improve, I think it's going to have to be at the trade deadline after you see what they look like. Whether it's with Zion, without Zion, however the Zion situation unfolds will give you a much better roadmap as to how to build the team than it is taking another rookie 
in this year's draft, and especially I think there was also two second round picks in there as well uh, in the you know mid to late forties. I looked for that information and couldn't find it <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> I want to say it's forty three and forty nine, but I could be totally wrong on that. Um, but I think there are two second round picks. You know, I, I just. A class with three rookies does not come around hardly ever. It certainly hardly ever, ever comes around on a team that made the playoffs. Uh, so the Pelicans are in a unique situation in that regard. Uh, I mean, I would if I was in their position, I would either take someone who's like a project longer term, like the center out of Memphis, uh, Duran. Uh, I would either take him and kind of like understand that, you know, probably Jackson Hayes is going to move on. That might be a guy who can fit, who's a little raw, doesn't have to play right away. Uh, or I would just trade it and try to either move back and get a couple other pieces that way, or go to a next, go to a different year and uh, and use that draft chip from another year to get a player at the trade deadline. I think those are two reasonable things you could do. And or if, dump Devonte Grant's contract. And if they push a pick to another year, that's still an asset they could trade at the trade deadline. Exactly. So yeah. that would probably be the best of both worlds. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. But, I mean, they'll probably just use the pick. At this point, they've got a lot of stroke, right? Like, people have a lot of faith in the Pelicans' college scouting department right now after the way they knocked it out of the park this last season. Yeah, Griff, uh, Griff is on quite the glow-up from... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After whiffing with Nikhil Alexander Walker, oh yeah, and you know Kyra didn't do much, and uh, all of a sudden now the, the rookies look great. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Jackson probably being on the way out. Yeah, um, I haven't seen like too much speculation about that because everyone's still yelling about Jay Crowder for some reason. But uh, <laughs> I'm on board with with what you're thinking there. Yeah, um, I just don't think they can pay him. Yeah. Like, you've got enough guys you got to pay. I don't think they're going to pay him. He just doesn't work for what they need long term. It was we it was a weird fit. Like, I understood why they did it, especially against bad teams. He kind of killed them. But, like, when you talk about putting together, like, a playoff roster, he just he's not worth whatever he's going to want in the open market. And I think somebody will give him some money. I just – you can't pay McCollum, Ingram, Zion – Eventually, you're going to have to pay Herb. Like, you're just not going to be able to do that. Well, Jackson uh, this season also kind of stuck out as uh, not – Jackson stuck out this season in a way that did not seem to kind of go with the vibe that Willie and the other players were cultivating. Yeah. Uh, very costly mistake in game two or game three against game the three, Suns. yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that really completely turned the tide of that game. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there was issues with the LAPD and, yep. and just aggressive fouling and not really making up for it on another end. You know, he wanted to play like Patrick Beverly, but he was, not, yeah. you know. He no, just, he's he's definitely not. He's a hothead. He is. And, and I think he plays with a little too much emotional reckless, I guess you could say. Uh, whereas I, I don't think you can really accuse the rest of the Pelicans or Willie Green of being at that you know level. Maybe Jose Alvarado is also a little bit reckless, but it all it feels it feels like it's harnessed to some degree, yeah. right? Uh, whereas Jackson Hayes just feels like he, he's kind of 
in a different planet. Jackson uh, Hayes seems like he's going to swing on somebody at any moment. Yes. Whereas the recklessness with Jose Alvarado is uh, is in his energy. Yes. And what he's trying to do, and the crowd appreciates it. Yes. Jackson Hayes uh, getting a flagrant foul in a very tight playoff race and yeah. kind of losing that game uh, is is not is not. One great. No. No, one great. Uh, no, Jose Alvarado has the, as uh, bad football coaches would call, the bite your kneecaps mentality. Mm, I don't like that. Don't like that either, but I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard bad football coaches say it. So, anyway, the Pelicans will pick at number eight. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of different directions they can go in it. The drafts in, I, basically right after the finals, uh, which is coming up. I mean, the NBA playoffs have churned along. We're in the conference finals already and then right after the draft comes free agency and there's a whole team that's waiting to be wait to build and, and you can really feel for the first time in a while like true off-season momentum people are actually excited about the off-season itself because of what it leads to for the season not just the sake that there's nothing else to talk about until the off-season so a uh i think things are going well the zion thing will obviously hang over them we'll talk about that in the coming weeks uh that'll be kind of topic number one if we get in july uh but there is of course a lot else going on in the city the saints have had a lot of movement uh and we of course have your local news and segments so stick around we'll be right back everybody that's right your favorite bar my favorite bar everybody's favorite patio bar in uptown new orleans they've got the fans they've got the shade they've got the beer they've got the food they've got the tvs everything that you could want is right there on oak street at ale on oak you're going to want to find it a wonderful place to have a beer to have dinner to have happy hour Whatever you can think of, uh, Ale on Oak is the place to be. They got fans on the patio. Yes. So you're not going to melt. No. These other places don't have fans. No, they don't have that kind of technology. They got, look, there's some good NBA playoffs right now. We got Warriors, yeah. Mavs, Miami, yeah. Celtics. It's good. It's fun. It's fun. And there's tons of college baseball coming on. So, and they have the MLB package. So every game that you want to, if you want to bet each individual batter of who's going to strike out and bet on that, you can do it right there. Ale on Oak, uh, NCAA tournament coming up for college baseball, conference tournaments, tons of stuff to have on TVs. Wonderful bartenders. They will tell you yes when you ask them to change something to put your game on. It's also the official bar of the Breakers. <laughs> The USFL champions, the New Orleans Breakers. Should we start covering them? I've, I've watched, been watching I've them watched just because it's on. Yeah, I've, it's like network TV and it's on. Yeah, it's fine. It's got, it feels like the XFL a little bit. Yeah. For no reason no. other than you just... If the games were here, I think I'd be going. I would. Yeah. So hopefully they stick around. None of these they leagues won't. ever last for two years. No. <laughs> but uh, it is, uh, you know, it's football. So I'll take it. Yeah, it's it, the it's a it's a Johnny Manziel adjacent league. There we go. All of these are like Jordan Jefferson, like <laughs> Manziel, Kyle Slaughter. Yeah, yes. 
It's like, <laughs> come on. Uh, but any sport you can think of, any beer you can think of, any f- eh, and not any food you can think of, but lots of good foods, uh, you're going to want to try them out <laughs> all at Ale on Oak. Go give them a try. They are a half block or a block off of uh, the streetcar line right there on Oak Street near Carrollton. Tell them that Polk and Cush sent you. You think there's like a listener of ours that's incredibly like just matter of like he'll go in there and go, I, they said any food. <laughs> I want tuna salad on a waffle. No one's going to do that. Maybe Rain Man. I just would like to hear that. And if Rain Man goes to Ale, they're going to put Wapner on for him. (laughs) And you could probably ask for some gambling advice. Is there another podcast in New Orleans where you can get Rain Man references? Not just the name. Not just. And the puddle of filth or whatever they're called. (laughs) Puddle of mud. Uh, Um. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's going to be uh, Ale on Oaks. Beautiful. Uh, the commercial's yeah. over. I'm just talking about Rain Man. That's now. true. I like Rain Man too. Uh, Speaking th- of Rain Man, here you go. There we go. Who is New Orleans football Rain Man? The man that can count all the cards in the deck. <laughs> the hero of the day, Drew Brees. Drew Brees! He's back in Saints news, sort of. He uh, has possibly, maybe, quit NBC. He did. Oh, he got fired. He got fired. Mm-hmm. He got fired. Why did he get fired? Because he sucks at his job. Dang. It's, was, who could have seen that he was going to be boring as shit on TV? I don't know. A man with the charisma of a Fig <laughs> Newton who's said nothing to no one forever and all of his business ventures are things like putting a quiz nose and on Ferret street or whatever jimmy, jimmy john's, john's yeah. uh untuck it shirts is like literally advocare like literally a pyramid scheme mm-hmm. uh no i mean it, it's truly shocking that uh christianity yeah. that's a <laughs> That was a bold one. Uh, um, that's really going downhill. Uh, yeah, man. Like I think those of us who've paid enough attention to Drew Brees kind of knew what he was, which is he's a goober. He's a goofy goober. And he's not very interesting, and he's very good at throwing footballs. And he was a good leader of the Saints because he didn't really rock the boat at all, and he kind of allowed the other guys to be you know, the actual leader, and he was kind of like their dad. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it worked. You know, it really did. Like Cam Jordan, DeMario did. Like those guys all kind of took control of the team, and, and he was like, you know, the the guy, the dad who gets the big piece of chicken at the end of the night. He, he only comes home after work. You yeah. know, like that was sort of the way that Breeze was, and I thought it worked really well, but it does not make him interesting. It does not make him uh, captivating. And as much money as they're throwing around at these guys for all these NFL announcer jobs, he's just not very good at it, and it's not all that surprising. Well, he fire. he rode the wave of Tony Romo coming in there. Everybody was amazed by Tony Romo. Yes. You know, he could, wow, how can he predict this thing that he did very much? Yeah. How does he know <laughs> what's happening with the stuff that he's very good at? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know. Drew Brees in there. It's like he's he's been fired. He's getting replaced by Jay Cutler, 
We'll see how that goes. Is that is that no. true? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh man, yeah, that'd U- be wild. UPN is doing a broadcast <laughs> now. They'll be showing the Tuesday night games along with Amazon. Yeah, uh, but Breeze tweeted, um, you know, I haven't made a decision yet. I could be going back to broadcasting. I could be going back to football. I could be going back to NyQuil. I could be going back to Wranglers. <laughs> I could be going back to CarMax. I could be going back to Hofax. I could be. But, yeah, there was, like, people who took the tweet and been like, oh, he might come back. Yeah. He said he might come back. He's not coming back. He's probably not coming back. He's definitely he cannot throw the football unless he completely restructured his body in the last two years. He cannot throw the football. He didn't say what position he was coming back to play. That's very true. He <laughs> kicker, <laughs> tackling dummy. <laughs> Played that for a couple of years there too. Um, dude, dude uh, it would have been great if he had come back last year when the Saints were on their when the Ian Book game. If Breeze had come back and completed like six passes in that game, that would have been amazing. Oh, yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. Uh, this is not that. That ship has sailed. He's, gone, he's been gone for a full year now. Uh, he was basically couldn't play his last year. He was pretty washed up. The concept that he might come back to play is ludicrous. Uh, he put it out there to basically distract from the fact that he got fired. Uh, which I don't think he's probably ever been fired from anything in his whole life before. Uh, And so not great uh, for Drew Brees. And that's okay. Uh, But yeah, let's let's just stop the thought that he might come back to play. He's he's probably not going to come back to play football unless the New Orleans Breakers. (laughs) You want to fill up that stadium? (laughs) I think Birmingham, they're in Birmingham, right? I think they're all, every game's in Birmingham. They could use a little breeze (laughs) sauce on it. Get him out there. He could wear a jersey like a NASCAR racer with all of his various sponsorships on it. Yeah, the breeze sauce is, uh, it's uh, cold mayonnaise. (laughs) Very cold mayonnaise. Oh, uh, uh, the good could news. You, could you imagine Drew Brees on that hot wing show <laughs> on YouTube? Where they eat the hot wings. He would almost say a cuss word. Shoot, man. This is crazy. Yeah. It's so hot. Can you believe it? That's the only one of those I would want to see. <laughs> we could do that. At Ale on Oak. Yes. We have chicken wings. We eat chicken wings. We'll just make them normal temperature, and everyone's just like, "These are good." We could do like I'm. I have a bunch of food allergies. We could do like an allergen one for me, where like one of them has like a sliver of a peanut on it, <laughs> and the next one has like one peanut. <laughs> Not you know my. I'm, it's like the same effect. Like I can't breathe. Yeah, and my see eyes how are watering. Hard your throat closes up. We'll get uh, we'll get Fletcher there with the EpiPen. <laughs> Uh, we'll get an EpiPen to sponsor the show. Yeah. yeah. That's big money. 200 bucks a pop. Yeah. Good Lord. If I get sung by a bee, I'm done for. <laughs> Macaulay. Um, There's another Saints player now that yeah. uh, Louisiana hero um, uh, coming back home, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis. That, that was my grandfather's name. <laughs> yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. Was he a Landry? McGillicuddy. <laughs> Close. Um, Jarvis Landry's still good, right? 
I think so. He hasn't been on a team I've seen in several years. Right? Like, I remember he broke the record for, like, the most catches in the first two years of an NFL career, which I think Michael Thomas ended up breaking. And then I feel like he was very hyped going into that Browns training camp, like, two years ago. And then I don't think I've seen a second of him play since then. No. It, and he uh, signed for, like, $3 million. He signed for, like, almost nothing. It, with the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. It's like six with some kind of bonus. It was I not think, much money. Like yeah. Uh, one year. Yeah. Uh, I To answer the question, I have no idea. I have right? not heard hide nor hair of Jarvis Landry since the, since the Browns. Yeah. And so it's just kind of weird. Like, he's clearly very talented. He's great hands. He, like, he is a good he is the exact type of receiver that this team needed in that Michael Thomas is unreliable as far as health-wise right now. We don't know what they're getting. Uh, you need somebody who you can kind of safety valve on third down. He is the exact guy that you want. Like, mm-hmm. that is the – you have no – you don't have a reliable tight end in that Taysom Hill is going to be your tight end, Woo. and God knows what that's going to look like. So you need, like, that – that kind of 10 yards and in safety valve to go to. And he seems like the perfect guy for it. Uh, and so I think it's a great move for the saints. Like that is, uh, a, I think that's a guy who would have really flourished with breeze, uh, particularly But Jameis not as good in those situations, uh, but he certainly needs that guy for third downs. I think Landry, not only that, but Jarvis Landry is like, he's a dude, man. The same way that Tyron Matthews, a dude, Jarvis Landry's a dude. Like that's, He's going to play hard. He gives a shit. He genuinely wants to win. Everybody seems to like him. Like, I think you've got a team chemistry-wise. Like, you're not going to hurt yourself by adding Tyron Matthew. You're not going to hurt yourself by adding Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they're not great, great players, they are going to be net positives for what you're trying to build and what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's certainly a morale booster. You know, the Saints have not had a lot of LSU players, and I don't really give a shit where they went to college no. or that they're from here, but no. just knowing who they are, it's it's an attitude that goes well with this team. It's going to be a very fun season. Jarvis Landry really helps out uh, at receiver just by pushing down some people that shouldn't have had quite so many touches last season. Yeah. Marquez Callaway doesn't have as much pressure on him, yeah. so he might actually be able to flourish a little. Yeah, hopefully Traquan Smith never sees the field now. He's uh, He plays for the Breakers now, I believe, as well. <laughs> uh, you know, you're throwing to... Deontay Hardy, yeah. who makes Jose Alvarado look like George Murison. <laughs> like you would just see like a like a fingertip and the guys weren't even jumping up. They were just standing around. Him. So hopefully we don't have to see that. And Hardy can go back to special teams and, you know, specialized runs and things like that. So, yeah. so overall, I, it's it's not just this one player. This 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 affects a lot of players on the team. And I, th- I think it's going to be good. Yeah, the combination on paper, the combination of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry is a really good wide receiver core. Name-wise, it, it stands out. Yeah, like, and we don't know, obviously, how, how healthy Thomas will be. We don't know how good Olave will be. But, like, that's, that's a, a legitimate, after having unquestionably the worst receivers in the NFL last year, that is a very good group of receivers. I would, I don't know how to stack them up but i would say that's got to be in the you know top five ten in the nfl depending on how those things all turn out uh so Jameis winston has real weapons to throw to 
we'll see how things go with Alvin Kamara, if there's a suspension, et cetera, for his arrest. Uh, but yeah, I think the Saints have made themselves continuously better throughout this offseason. I was really not very impressed uh, initially, but they continue to build and build and build. And I do think they've actually put together a pretty good roster. It will ultimately come down to Jameis. We have many weeks to talk about Jameis uh, as we get ready for training camp, which starts in about, I think, two months uh, before training camp. So uh, plenty to go there. And, uh, you know. In the meantime, we always have a topic to fall back on. That's right, everybody. It's the NOLA Breakdown. It's the Odo. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Ugh, I've got a little tickle in my throat. Uh-oh. It could either be the uh, jambalaya I ate out of my rancid freezer at 3 a.m. <laughs> last night. Or it could be, guess who's back? COVID. Hey, Miss Jennifer Avegno, our favorite NOLA COVID czar. Uh, truly, I was hoping I would never have to hear her name for the rest of of my life mm-hmm. uh instead she has decided to pop her head up like punxsutawney phil uh and as a couple of people have gotten the sniffles and a couple of people have tested positive there she is uh and she is saying that a rise in confirmed covid cases she is now the city is now strongly recommending a return to masking indoors as they warned about a potential new surge of virus in the area. Quote, the virus isn't going away. Yeah, we know. That's correct. Uh, We've got to anticipate future surges, but they can be ripples and not tsunamis. I don't (laughs) care. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. Everyone I know has had COVID. Everyone's had it twice. Some of the people have had it 11 times. It's, uh, it, it's, it's not like March of 2020 where no one had a vaccine, no one had any therapeutics, and every, like, every other person that it touched basically sent to the hospital. It ain't that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone gets it. Everyone's sick for a little while. It sucks, uh, and you have to just kind of deal with it. We're not, people aren't going to wear the mask. They're just not. Yeah, a bad thing that happened was in March 2020, people were saying, oh, it's just the flu. And that wasn't exactly correct then. And it is kind of correct now. Yeah. And that, like, terminology has been banned. But, like, the the parallel is that a million people get the flu every year. And some people die from it. And some people get hospitalized from it. And there are certain sects of the population that are a lot more at risk for it. Yeah. And you can say the exact same thing about COVID now. If you want to wear a mask, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. I have no problem. I have a little problem. <laughs> I've seen people walk I mean, around. I do it. I've but I just <laughs> see it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah. I, I, I certainly see the people walking around outside with an N95 when it's, you know, 90 degrees and I'm like, I, I, don't. I see people walking around outside with an M15. <laughs> the amount of things you are more likely to die from in this city yeah. than, than COVID is just through the roof. Like, you were Maybe so much a more guy li- named COVID. 
you are so much likely to just get shot driving on the interstate yeah. than you are to die from COVID you're more at this point. likely to get shot going to get a vaccine <laughs> you than know you are. you know they always say you're more likely to die on your way to the airport yeah. than on the plane it's you're so much more likely to die going to get the vaccine than you are to actually getting it you know what i like about that saying you, you hear that like you're more likely to die on the way to the airport than on the plane yeah but you never hear about 300 people dying in a fiery toyota corolla crash and it doesn't make world news when that happens uh, it's slightly different scale yeah i'm not gonna i'm i i'm probably never going to wear a mask again uh yeah i mean I, I, the day before she was supposed to testify last time, because I believe the state sued her uh, or Jeff Landers sued them for, you know, basically to talk to, to just to put them on trial and, and talk to them about the reasoning for things. Uh, they lifted the mask mandate the day before last time. I have a hard time seeing them going back on it and actually putting it back in place because I think that process would start again. Uh, and I don't think they want to deal with it anymore. And I think they, quite frankly, just know yeah. that people aren't going to do it uh, as much as you can try. There's just no unless the whole country were to go back in that direction. There's just no way you can get people to wear masks inside of restaurants anymore. Like we, we've just we've gotten through it. We can't live like that anymore. And if you want to live like that, you certainly can. Yeah. Uh, you are welcome to wear a mask anywhere that you want to go. There were people wearing masks at the concert last night. Yeah. You know, they were slipknot, but <laughs> it was something. It was those ball gags, yeah. <laughs> Did those stop COVID? They close pin their nose and ball gag their mouth. Uh, it's a vapo ball gag. Vicks ball gag. Um, yeah, just come on. Like, come on. <laughs> Why even hold a press conference to say this? It's not going to happen on a national scale because midterm elections are coming up, and I th that's enough to drive everybody that's towing around the center of the line to, yeah. you know, go blow up the Capitol. Yeah. I mean, so the state reported 96 hospitalizations last week. 96. There have been 110 murders in New Orleans this year. Yeah. The state right now has 96 hospitalizations. Release the ages. <laughs> Put the age and wait next to all those hospitalizations. <laughs> Again, if you want to be safe, you be safe. If you want to be cautious, be cautious. People going out there at Jazz Fest and wearing a mask, I found it to be a wild thing to do. It's like if you're going to be out there... And you're wearing this mask. I mean, it's just got to be brutal uh, in the heat. But I get it. Uh, what, I, what you can't do, though, is now backtrack. We've done that before. It didn't go well. So 96 hospitalizations is not enough when we have the kind of information that we know we have about this uh, to start doing this shit again. So just cut it out. I don't want to hear from her ever again. I am totally done with her. And as much as I'm done with the mayor, I'm like 10 times more done with her. Well, there's a group of people in New Orleans that do not need to wear a mask, even though concealing their identity might be somewhat beneficial. Well, who would that be? I'm talking about the New Orleans inner city motorcycle gang. Ah, uh, yes. The ATVers? 
Yes. Yes. They are. Uh, there was a video um, posted Sunday afternoon from a New Orleans radio host, uh, Carrie Johnson. I believe that's how you say that. Name. Corey. Corey. Yeah. Ah, fudge. It's spelled odd. You're not wrong. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, he <laughs> um, was riding behind uh, 30, 40 people on uh, ATVs that yeah. are not street legal. Uh, they don't have license plates, of course. Probably don't have an inspection sticker, uh, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah, their emissions are through the roof. No seat belts. <laughs> uh, probably not paying their carbon credits to make it neutral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's not... This is down. Uh, this is down uh, Claiborne, a big old street in New Orleans. Uh-huh. This is not used to the ATVs taking over the road. That was huge over by like uh, Mother-in-Law Lounge yeah. and like Claiborne under the bridge and stuff. But sure. now it is branching out, and they're flying through red lights. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that there's probably some light littering as well. Yes, potentially. Probably, certainly some noise violations. Probably somebody you know chewing some Bazooka Joe and just throwing <laughs> the comic and wrapper on the ground. And maybe I don't know other uh, mild violations of bullets or bullets on the littering. Technically, uh, quite possibly spent casings. <laughs> Same thing as a banana peel. <laughs> what was telling about this video uh, was that there were two police officers at separate locations just watching the ATVs fly by. Yeah. In defense of the New Orleans Police Department, these officers did not see the uh, ATV gang because they were on their phones. <laughs> they were eating. <laughs> 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 they were sitting in their air-conditioned cars eating. They had a little buzz going. <laughs> They're not noticing what's happening all around them. I, I Remember when they danced at Mardi Gras? <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> they don't give... I think they're very aware that, one, they're never going to catch these guys no. if they ever try to chase them. The ATVs are much nimbler uh, than the cars. And what are you supposed to really do? Yeah. Like, you're not going to actually get out of the car and arrest these guys. There's no chance of that. You can't hit them with your car. You can't shoot them. No. So what's the point of chasing them? I would like them to chase them for my own peace of mind to know that maybe for one second these guys were scared that maybe they were going to get a consequence for driving illegal vehicles all over the city with absolutely no regard for human life. But I guess that was a lot to ask. I mean, there's not... There's not a great solution. You you would think that the F like just show some effort and that might be enough. Like if the police officer turned on his siren or uh-huh. rode behind them at a safe distance. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff I don't understand about being a police officer and potentially like scaring somebody into scattering yeah. and the mayhem that could cause. Like how to properly use the Taco Bell order. Yeah. Like what's the <laughs> most efficient use of the Taco Bell order? Like could we get drones to like <laughs> trap these people in with like a fence or something? Yeah, there's got to be something you can do. Arrest one of them. <laughs> Just one. Just make an example out of one. Yeah. And then he'll get made fun of by the motorcycle <laughs> gang. They'll kick out Augie, the slowest one, because he got caught. And he'll get banned from 
ATVing. They need to. They need of mental health problems because of it. Yes. Pretty soon, this is going to spread throughout the city, and we're going to see golf cart gangs in Lakeview. <laughs> we're going to see people on mules. Uh, the Roman candy men are going to be just roaming in the streets. <laughs> Right in the middle of Canal Street, the Roman candy men are just going to be kicking their high heels up in the air. There's already been uh, talk of uh, of, ro- of uh, rollerblade uh, gangs in uh, West Bourbon Street. <laughs> Once you get past uh, Clover Grill, yeah. they're all over the place. And they're aggressive, too. <laughs> ro- they, roving bands of roller girls. They gave me the what for. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, gay uh, rollerblading gangs. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I got that. I just want to make sure. Uh, there, there's not much you can do. There's really just not. It's so. It really is like dispiriting to be driving on the street when it happens. You're like, they know this is illegal. I know this is illegal. The cops know this is illegal. No one's going to do shit about it. Yeah. I wish they'd go back to the horses. Uh, there, there's just like, I don't know what the solution is, and I don't think anybody knows. Like, you can't, unless you can hit them with your car, which seems like a really, like, <laughs> like that's not exactly, uh, you know, a, a proportional response, right? You can't shoot them, and you can't hit them with your car. You kind of have no other way of stopping these guys. I have a way of stopping these guys. What's that? The uh, councilman with two DUIs. <laughs> Let him on the street. Let him free. <laughs> What's his name? Jared, Jared, Jared Rosset. He's say, got like the bad signal. We've got yeah. it just like him with a, uh, a giant bottle of booze to his face. And it just shoots up in the night sky, and then he has to go find it. And wherever the roving gangs of ATVs are, he just starts swerving in between them. Yeah, he's driving Gravedigger, <laughs> and the 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 Jared signal is the Jägermeister deer head in the sky. We're like, Jared, you're needed at Claiborne and Earhart. Get out there. He goes out there just zigzagging around (laughs) until he clips a couple of them on the back tire. Like, he didn't work for us. Hey, man, he was just trying to get gas. (laughs) He he didn't pee himself this time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, That'll take us into my favorite part of every single week on this year's program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. Oh, this is the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The worst. Send them in. Paulconcush at gmail.com. The worst thing I saw or read this week. Uh, you know, America gets a bad rap a lot of the time. A lot of times we're uh, looked down upon as doofuses. A lot of uh, a lot of our stories come out of Florida. This one comes from across the pond, potentially. Uh, it's, it's, it's reported, <laughs> An actual pond. It was reported by uh, the Metro.co.uk, but the story is overseas. Okay, so it's not. The regular fare. This is not somebody in Spearsville, Louisiana, getting their head <laughs> caught in a mailbox. 
<laughs> Your traditional fare. <laughs> <laughs> I love when a headline says what it means. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot steals rocket from battlefield. Then it exploded in his car in Russia. Wow. A car exploded in Russia after a weapon was taken from the battlefield in Ukraine and brought back over the border. Images on social media show the wreckage of a car with its rear blown off outside a block of houses. (laughs) According to local media, the incident happened outside of Moscow. The newspaper there, which has an insane name, I won't be trying to say. (laughs) Several consonants. The Russia Today (laughs) reports that a handheld anti-tank grenade launcher exploded in the trunk, injuring two people. Yowzer. The explosion was a result of the detonation of ammunition and items similar to army hand grenade launchers, which were also found in the truck. Wow. The injured pair were hospitalized from mine explosive wounds, and the people in nearby houses had to be evacuated. The one of the guys that stole is a 52 year old retired major who was carrying humanitarian aid to a area of the Ukraine that was being shelled by Russia. Uh, this man had previously bought a grenade from this region and brought it back to Russia with the intention to sell it. He got <laughs> caught up in the battle and apparently just found these grenade launchers on the ground. I guess it's like Call of Duty. You run, you throw it on the ground after you're done with it. I mean, it. what a weird, I mean, I guess it could happen here as well. But the idea of just walking through the street and finding grenade launchers. That's not so far-fetched. <laughs> there is a Ukraine weapons tracker Twitter account that posted about the incident, uh, writing, why it is unwise to take items from the battlefield. Today, a Swedish grenade launcher exploded in the truck of a car that was taken from the Ukraine to Russia. That's unfortunate. The man was hoping to sell it on the Internet. That's tough. Yeah. That's a tough way to go. Grenade launchers on the street. Yeah. What is this world coming to? Oh, man. That is a crazy story. What's the most dangerous thing you would steal <laughs> to try and sell for profit? Anything at all. Would you steal a grenade launcher if it was on the ground? Uh, no. No? You think it's just like you, you don't trust it? I would not trust that it wouldn't explode the second I touched it. Yeah. I would, I would also fear... Let, let's move this scenario to New Orleans. I see a grenade <laughs> launcher on the ground. I'm like, I'll pick that up. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Someone owns this grenade launcher. Yeah. I'm guessing somebody that owns a grenade launcher won't be happy that I've taken it and put it in my Geo Metro and I'm going to show it off at GameStop. Yeah, that's a valid point. Uh, the most dangerous thing, would you put a live animal in your trunk? That's what I'm thinking, like a tiger. Yeah. We mentioned Siegfried and Roy a couple episodes uh-huh. ago. Yeah. If you could steal Siegfried and Roy's tiger, uh-huh. hold it for ransom, get it back, <laughs> do you think, uh, does the risk outweigh the reward? Yeah, I don't think I'd do any of that. 
I think I would do a weapon, though. Like, I think the grenade launcher is much more likely for me because I don't see it as being something that's just going to burst into flame because uh-huh. I'm assuming that it's been out for a little while. Yeah. So it's like, well, the odds of it exploding now are probably unlikely while it's in my employ. And then, of course, it would blow up literally in my face. Uh, but, yeah, live animal, like, that's, no, I'm not messing with that. All right, let me present a scenario. You're walking along. You're walking down Esplanade. Okay. It's a beautiful sunny day. You're on your way to Port of Call. You see a laptop on the ground. Okay. There's a sticker on the laptop. It says, Property of H. Biden. (laughs) You know that the CIA is after this thing. The FBI, the IRS. Uh, It's got a a file address like my computers to to images, 30,000, whatever. Um, Now, you could take this thing and you could sell it for a lot of money. Yeah. But then you could wind up Epstein. Uh Uh-huh. Just disappear. Yeah. Because it's definitely a trap of whoever has it. But But you'd make a lot of money. If you get away with it, you're set for life. I'd do it. Okay. Definitely. I mean, you got to make sure. That I'd have to look at it first, so I'd want to see everything on there. You would have. I don't to, know if I could scan thirty thousand images. But you would have to make wild. sure that that sticker stays on there, because if that sticker falls off and yeah. then you're just holding it, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you just have a laptop. Oh, you're going away. Yeah, it's like this is yours then, right? Yeah. Sorry, possession's nine tenths of the law. <laughs> but Hunter Biden's in these pictures. Be like, yeah, but they're on your computer, well, friendo. You've got them. <laughs> Uh, with that that'll wrap up this week's episode uh thank you all so very very much for listening uh we do appreciate or please rate review spotify apple we could very much appreciate your feedback your comments and your five star reviews uh as always email polk and cush at gmail.com polk and cush at gmail.com uh Thank you also very, very much for listening. We do deeply appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Mr. Andrew Polk for always editing this wonderful show. Uh, he is the man. Uh, thank you all so much. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.